Welcome to Leaders on the Rise. I'm Lydia Pierre, founder and CEO of Pierre Branding Group. We help create stories that resonate with audiences to forge unforgettable, unique brand experiences. These stories ultimately become infused with all aspects of the client's branding, thereby turning entrepreneurs into media celebrities by growing their authority and helping them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal to you how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello there and welcome to Leaders on the Rise. I am your host, Lydia Pierre of Pierre Branding Group, and I am here with our amazing, beautiful guest. (laughs) You should see his hair. It's beautiful. David Taylor Klaus. Hey, David. Hey, hey, how are you, Miss Pierre? <laughs> I'm awesome. I'm awesome. David is, we don't like to use the word coach, but he is someone who helps entrepreneurs and executives get back to their families. And we're going to tap into what that really means a little later on. But David, can you tell us who you are, what you do, and why you're so amazing looking, first of all? <laughs> well, that, well, that's terribly sweet. And I'm glad, you know, I've got a face for radio. So this is perfect that you're talking about it and nobody can see me. <laughs> No, I mean, look, the best way, because we joked about this, you know, in the green room, when people say, what do you do? I don't say I'm a coach because so many people, you know, misunderstand what a coach is. That's even the ones who don't say, what's bored? So I describe what I do as I reintroduce successful entrepreneurs and senior executives to their families. And I describe it that way because it gives people a chance to turn their attention to, oh, so what is important to me? You know, half my clients aren't married and don't have kids, but when they hear reintroducing to their family, it's like, ooh, well, what was it that was important to me before I got caught up in this whole rat race? Mm. What is it that I've lost connection with and contact with and that I'm stealing away time for instead of investing my time there where it matters? So for me, so many of the successful entrepreneurs and senior executives are so overtasked in their in their desire to overachieve that they've lost connection with what really drives them. Mm. That's the work that I get to do. Wow, that's amazing because a lot of times, like we were saying again in the green room, we get so caught up in this lifestyle of working, 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 just to be busy, busy, just to be working. And we lose sight, like you said, of why we got into it in the first place. And sometimes we don't even get to do what it is we got into it for doing. Like you said, a lot of people don't have families, don't have kids or a spouse because they're so involved and engrossed in their work. So what what is it about that that seems so appetizing? to be? Is it appetizing or do they just get lost in the sauce? I think there's a lie we were told and, and oh my God, so many of us heard this, not in this language, but the idea that the fiercer the dragon, the sweeter the victory, right? We got to work hard to make it good. But you know what? A fierce dragon just makes for a bloody combatant. You just get walloped. Mm. And so what happens is we end up making things hard that aren't hard so that it feels like we've, we've won a battle. Yes. And that's messed up. That is. that is, and it's turning entrepreneurs into hardaholics. Mm. Oh, I like that. Hardaholics. Ugh. Explain. 
Oh my God, addicted to things being difficult. And thriving does not have to be so effing hard or so effing serious. It doesn't. But we make it that way because we're supposed to. And if we get caught up living the should life, man, it's harder to get to the good life. Yeah, yeah. It's making it hard is not the way there. You know what? I think we feel we have to do that in order to justify how we got to where we are, just so people don't point at us and say, oh, it was easy for them or they had a silver spoon or it was handed to them. That's the lie. Yeah. That's the lie right there. Mm. You know, it's not, if it's got ease to it, right? If it's easeful, it doesn't mean there was no effort. Like the work that I do and building my practice and doing the work that I do, it takes a lot of effort, but because it's in complete alignment with who I am and, and why I'm here. Oh, it's, there's a lot of ease Mm. to this. And I think we get so caught up in the in the the social judgment stain of the word ease or easy mm-hmm. that that's the other pressure to make things that if it's not difficult it's not worth it because we didn't work hard. Well, <laughs> right, right. When you're in your zone of genius, when you're doing what it is that you're meant to be doing, that you love doing, that feeds you in the doing of it. Oh my God, there's a tremendous amount of ease and flow there. Yes. Right. And it looks natural to, to someone else who doesn't have that particular skill or talent. It looks easy. It looks easy because you make it look easy, but it's because you're flowing, right? Well, I mean, look, th- think about how many videos there are on on social media, you know, right after the Olympics. Everybody's saying, oh, my God, they make it look so easy and so effortless. So I'm going to go out and try it and end up in the hospital or, mm-hmm. you know, going viral on YouTube. So it, it's we we don't we can't tell what it takes to make it look so easy. Right, right, right. It's easy when it's in alignment. Oh, I like that. And how do people get in alignment? What is the work that needs to be done to get there? for those who may not know what alignment is you know it it starts with looking in and doing the work to find out and uncover what your values are what your drivers are what moves you what lights you up and what doesn't and filling your life with the things that do you're aligned you're in alignment with what it is that your values drive and this this sounds really esoteric and out there but it when I work with executives, I can't tell you how often I, I get the, I want to grow my company. All right, great. So then grow your people, right? Oh, and if you want to grow your people, you start by growing yourself. Leadership always starts here. Yes. In your core. And too many times, you know, the equivalent in parenting is the fix it parents. Mm-hmm. They're like, ah, take the kid to a specialist, go, go fix them. Right, right. No, sweetie. <laughs> That's not yeah. how it works. The real help is helping the parent be a better parent and better help that kid. So you have to know who you are as a parent and who that kid is mm. and what they're wired like. It's no different. The only difference between leadership and parenting is one audience is usually shorter. <laughs> All the skills are the same. You have to know yourself <laughs> and you have to know your people. That's the beginning. Oh. That is awesome. And and similar to that relationship, you understand that your children are an investment in your future, the same as, like you're saying, you're, whether you're a CEO or whether you're the boss, those people who are you, you are leading are an, an investment in your own company, right? Oh, absolutely. Right. A boss knows how many people report to him. Yeah. Right. He, he can count them off. 
a leader knows how many people she's serving. And as a leader, you're really serving those people. You're helping to grow those people. You're giving them a direction. <laughs> there, there's a massive difference in approach. Yes, and yes. and it's like that with parenting too. It, it's interesting. Our approach is always we're raising adults. They just happen to be kids while we have them. And it's a Ooh. different way of looking at Say it. Say that one more time. One more time. It's, we're raising adults. They yes. just happen to be kids while they live with us. Right, right. Right. And that's different because we're paying attention to who they're going to be as adults and not... Oh my God, they're not following every single letter of the law of the directions that I'm giving them. Well, the kids, they're not going to. Right, right. You didn't. Why do you think they will? Right, right. Right. And you look at the adult you're growing. So take that back to leadership. I can't tell you how often leaders are surprised where they don't have enough folks to, to promote up to the next tier. Well, they're not growing them. The, the succession planning is hysterical in most organizations because right. They're only looking at all too often. They're only looking at the next position or two for any given individual, as opposed to where are they three, four, and five hiring steps or career steps ahead? And where do they need to have lateral moves to be able to flesh out their skills to take that next position? Mm. Because they're not playing a long enough game. They're not thinking far enough out. I like that. Right? I like that. Who is this person going to be and what are they capable of? What's possible for them and therefore for this organization? Right, right. Now, I'm asked a question that might be a little controversial. Do you think that there's a fear, because it's relationships at the end of the day, right? Do you think that there's technically a little fear of what if I pour into this person and they take my jewels and run? Well, it's worse if you don't invest in them and they leave anyway, mm. right? So if you create an environment where you're growing them and they see a place for them to go on within the organization, why would they leave? Right. It's when they don't see a future and they don't see the next one, two, three, or four different leaps within your organization, then they're going to take everything you've poured into them and leave. Mm. It's a problem for entrepreneurs as they start growing when there's not a, a management layer, when their org chart is a rake, it's them with lines to each person that works yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And the people that are working there can't see a path because it's us and the owner. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard for them to see a future there. So as you're growing them and their skills are increasing, their capabilities and competence are increasing, they're going to start looking at, well, where's somewhere else I can take this where I yes. have advancement? Yeah. And so creating that next, that first layer of, of management or supervisors, that gives the people who are working for you a path that they can see. Ooh, mm -hmm. I could go there. Yes. Yes. No, I, I love that. I, lo I love that the idea is, and that brings it back to starting with you, right? Because if you don't see your own path and see where you're trying to take yourself as well as the organization, then how would they be able to see it? You know? So, I think that's very, very interesting how you position that. That's another hard thing for leaders is when they realize they've got to hire themselves out of a job. Ooh, they've ooh. got to begin to hire people to do the stuff that ooh. they can't do anymore because it's gotten so big or so complex. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, they hire, you know, as an entrepreneur where you do everything. Yes. First, you hire off the stuff you suck at, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, maybe you hire an assistant or you hire somebody over here in production or God help you in delivery. Something you hire away the things you can't physically or 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 you possibly do, right? right. Well, then you start hiring and building management layers. The company expands and you have to scale. You get to a point where you become, you're just leading your direct reports and they're running, they and the systems are running the company. Then you're like, oh, wait a minute. All the things that I used to do to make this company successful, I don't have to or get to do anymore. Right. Right. Uh Uh-oh. Right. Why am I here? And there there can be that crisis of well, I don't belong we go right back in that company. circle where we started where it's yep. like now I'm not working hard enough anymore or like one of my clients grew the company from zero to six million hired that the the second level of management where he was no longer in charge of sales at all and he looked at his company and said ah oh, got people to run this. And he turned to his wife and said, honey, I have time now. And she took the seven-year-old twins and filed for divorce. It was too late. Oh, wow. And and that happens, well, not with the twins, but that happens a lot where all of a sudden they grow the company or the systems or the processes to a point where they have more time and they turn to the family and what family? Wow. What friends? What community? That sucks. Yes. So how how can and I'm sure this is part of what you do with the reintroduction of them to their families. How do you do that while they're growing so that they can be able to have time for their families as well as for this baby? That's their company that they're growing. Right. Well, first thing is stop treating it like it's your baby. No joke, because I. I published a book a while back and everyone I know who's in that author phase, they say, I can't wait till my baby gets out there. It's not your baby. This business is not your baby right? because right, right. you better be more invested in your baby baby than your business, right? Right. Because what happens is if you're treating it like a child with that level of sanctity, well, if it's going to fail, it's going to fail. It's better to fail fast and fail cheap and launch something new, but we don't throw out a baby if it's not sleeping. Right. So that that's that's one part that's dangerous is is holding a holding a warped lens on your business. This is one way that who you are and who you're meant to be here, that's how you're showing up in a work frame. Okay. And if if you designed it in a way that it ain't gonna fly, you got to pull the plug and go do something else. Right? So careful on the way you hold it. Mm. It's just a business. It's not a baby. I love it. And I think that may be one of the reasons why it gets hard for people because they're over emotionally invested in it. Uh-huh. If I hear one more person say, but I'm so passionate about this. <laughs> it's still a business. It's still a business. I, I, I hold that you're passionate about the impact that you're able to have. Mm-hmm. Right. And what it is that the work does and how it changes the world around you. Yes. <laughs> but if that structure or that financial organization is not going to work, you got to change it. Yeah. And you may have to let this one go and start something new or go explore your passion somewhere else, but God help you if you treat it like a passion. Right. Right. Wow. And you might also even want to grow it into something that you eventually sell. Right. Right. Or you grow it into something that's too damn big for you to run. Right. Because the people that are good at starting it 
are not always good at growing it. And mm. the people that are good at starting it, growing it, well, they're rare. And then the ones who can start it and grow it and then build it to something big and then maintain it, man, those are often four different people. Oh, oh. If, if Steve Jobs were here, you could ask him about it. Right. Because he had issues transitioning from those different stages. In fact, he got booted for a while. Mm. And when wow. Scully came in and, and Apple was at a point where they thought it was just maintained, but they had to reinvent, Scully didn't work out well anymore. <laughs> right. So it's you can see that the person who's running it can often limit shape or limit the growth. So yeah, you might grow it to a point where it's time for you to sit in the chairperson chair, right? Or, or owner, but not involved in the day-to-day -day where you're just getting mailbox money. There are lots of ways it can turn out. Right. But if you're invested in it like it's a baby, damn, you're stuck. Wow. Stuck. Wow. Wow. So let's talk about you a little bit. How did you get to where you are? What made you decide that you were going to go from, because I'm sure you were an executive at some point, right? I was, I've been an entrepreneur for 30 years and I have served corporate from, a, from outside. That, has been, that was a decision years. super wow. early. Wow. Yeah, I, I was really good at, get, at getting fired. <laughs> yeah, so it was easier that? to work for myself. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that you had enough insight to know so soon that you were better on the outside. How did you make that happen for yourself? <laughs> oh, there's a fine line between brave and stupid. Ooh. And it was a time where I love technology. I had a chance to join a company as a partner in working with doing network consulting, implementation, and support for ad agencies, PR firms, marketing communications firms, and commercial printers. Okay. And this was in the 90s. So technology was sort of, you know, entering that irrational exuberance, mm -hmm. right? And then our ad age, so I was having a blast doing that because our approach and the language that I put on it was that the, the silicons should always serve the carbon. The computers and the networks and the technology should always serve the way the humans worked best. Right. And we were already beginning to adapt the way we work to, oh, well, this is what the network will do. It's like, no, no, no. Right? So that separated us out from the fray. And so we, you know, in the creative world, we had gr great growth. Then our ad agency clients, we're saying, what's this internet thing? And so first we started explaining it to them. And then I looked at one of the agencies and I said, y'all need a website. I said, a what? A website. And in early 95, we were helping agencies build websites so they could understand what it would be and they could use it for, for their clients. And so we sold the first website and then I had to go learn how to code. Oh, Wow. Yeah. Set yourself up for that one. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I was like, wow, and it sold really quickly. Damn. So, you know, and that's common for entrepreneurs where you sell ahead of yourself. Well, right. And what do you do? You stop sleeping and you start learning and you start producing and you grind. So, launched a web company in fourth quarter of 1995 okay. and then sold that to my partner in 2009. So, and that was, you know, with a financial readjustment in there and a couple of tech bursts and bubbles, um, lots of reinvention, a lot of realignment there. Okay. But the, the answer to the question you were starting on before of, how did I get here? Yes. Oh, by doing it wrong. Mm. I mean, completely wrong. 
Okay. I was growing the company I thought I should grow. I was working with my partner in this partnership the way I thought I should. We were leading the team we thought we should, growing the company we thought we should, and we were shooting all over ourselves. It was ridiculously disconnected from who I was. Okay. And and we're so good at deluding ourselves. You're going to laugh at me. <laughs> um, I got to a point where every time I turned the doorknob to my office, my stomach turned. Mm. But I didn't think, oh, wow, that's messed up. There must be something disconnected. Something's wrong. <laughs> no, I decided that um, my stomach couldn't handle spicy food and caffeine. So oh, I wow. cut those out. Right. Just It was that diluted. Even if you didn't previously had spicy food and Exactly. I had no problems with that stuff before, but that was what my epiphany was. Well, clearly it's caffeine and spicy food. Right. Yeah, but that didn't change anything. It just made me miserable. <laughs> right. Um, and I, I did I did get to the epiphany and that it it got dark. And this happens for a lot of entrepreneurs where you sp- in in pursuit of the good life, you end up shitting all over yourself. Mm-hmm. And that can only you can only bludgeon through that for so long. Right. And by the way, folks in corporate can have the same, a different flavor of the same experience of in order to bludgeon their way through their experience and their growth, right. they can start doing things in a way that's not authentic to them. Mm. And I got to the point on Hurricane Katrina weekend, like August 29th, 2005. Yeah. Where the only thing I was sure about were the five best ways to kill myself. Oh wow. I I got that. I got that far off track. Wow. And I'll tell you something interesting. The 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 people who come back from that find a reason. Mm-hmm. And I I couldn't figure one out for me. I was so disconnected. I that I had learned that kids with parents who've committed suicide are 50 times, not 50%, 50 times more likely to attempt it in their lifetime. And that was not the father. That was not the father I wanted to be. Right, right. It was not the legacy that I wanted to live. That's not who I was at my core. Mm -hmm. Um, So I stayed for them. Amen. Um, I did the work that I needed to do with me, on me, for me. Mm-hmm. And I found my reason for staying for me because you can't, you can't do it just for them. Right. But that, that got me to turn the corner. And one of the things I'm really clear about in my coaching practice is nobody has to get that far gone. Mm. Nobody. There, there's, a, there's an amazing concept that I learned um, from a friend in 12-step called raising the bottom that if you look ahead and you see that nothing, if I don't do anything different, nothing's going to change. It's just going to keep getting worse. You can wait till you hit rock bottom. And a lot of people do, or you can decide this is my bottom. I'm going to raise it from here. And that that's powerful. The people I get to work with are ones who've said, I want it to be up from here. Wow. Wow. And it doesn't matter where they're starting. 
Right. Some people are arguably on top of the world and some are so close to their rock bottom. But the point is they've made the decision to go up from here. Mm. That's, that's powerful. I mean, to be able to have the, 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 oh, wow. First of all, that was so touching. Thank you for sharing that. That, I mean, I know that, that wasn't easy um, and really appreciate that. And it's all about creating safe spaces, especially when it comes to the struggle that entrepreneurs have. Because people see us, they see how vibrant we are, how energetic, and it's like they think we've always been here. And a lot of times those people who are the, that bright light are the ones who are came from a very dark, dark place. And they had to find that light and then become that light. But there was a decision they had to make in order to do that, to make that happen. And that they continue to have to keep making because we don't keep waking up like this. <laughs> it's not it's a degree true. that you win, that you get, and then you just get to keep it. Now it's on your wall. It's like, now you're just the happiest right. person. Right. You have to keep working every on day. it. Every yes, single day. So yes, kudos to you for working on it every single day and for aligning yourself so that you can be there for your clients and for your people and for your family. It's amazing what you're doing. And it's, it's, it's just beautiful to see someone be able to put themselves first in that way in order to be able to do so. And I think that's what, that's the other lie that they've told us. <laughs> yes, yes ma'am. About to leap when you said that. <laughs> Somebody told us, us somebody told us selfish was bad, and Ooh. it's only because they got the words messed up. Mm -hmm. Self-centered is bad. Self-centered. So selfish just means attending to self, yes. your needs. And let me tell you something from experience, I promise you, you can't give what you haven't got. Ooh. And you can try for a while, but you will burn out. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mother Teresa made sure that travel was done in a way where she could be rested because it was not easy mm -hmm. serving who and how she served. Mm -hmm. You've got it. It's selfish just means caring for self. Self-centered is attention to self to the exclusion or detriment of others. And then there's narcissistic where it's attention to self. What do you mean there are other people? So yes, yes. Th these are all different. Selfish is important. Yes. And I think one of the things that entrepreneurs have resonated with over the years is the idea of selfish in service of. Mm -hmm. You've got to take care of yourself so that you can serve your family, your community, your faith community, the your clients, the folks that you want to change the world for. Yes. You have to take care of yourself so you can. Absolutely. And I loved what you said in the beginning of the conversation that, because a lot of times the, the, the concern or the doubt, the self-doubt that comes in is when you say trying to change the world, people think they have to take on the world. No, you said mm -hmm. change the world around you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when you change the world around you, you have such a big impact and you're able to change lives of those who now they're changing the world around them. And that's how you change the entire world. Yes, man. That cascade impact, right? Mm -hmm. That ripple out. That's how your impact footprint gets bigger and bigger and bigger yes. because the people you touch, they'll touch two more and yes. they'll touch two more. That's why yes. the ad went viral in the eighties. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Look yes. it up. It was a shampoo commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Were you in that shampoo commercial with your beautiful hair? No, I think I was about six when that came out. Thank you. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. No, this has been an amazing conversation. And I, again, I thank you for the impact that you're making in the world around you. Thank you for saving yourself. 
Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for saving yourself so that you can in turn help save others who are either going through the same thing or have seen the same thing or just needed to hear this in order to know that there is light at the end of the tunnel and they can become that light for themselves as well. So, And there's light all the way through the tunnel. Yes. I like what you said because they can, they can hold on to that and create that light. And, and I don't want to let that go because the light at the end of the tunnel is another one of those weird things we were told that postpones happiness or postpones fulfillment, right? right? It's not, you don't have to wait till you get to the end of the tunnel. You couldn't have that much darkness without light. They can't, one cannot exist without the other. And it is, it is a decision to access it. Yeah. Doesn't always sound like you can. And yet that light is available all the way through the tunnel. Amen. I love that. I love it. Oh, that was amazing. On that note. I know. I love it. This was not what we were going to talk about. I love where we went. And, and yes. thank you for creating that space where Absolutely. For that message to get to people. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do people get to work with you? If someone was listening who really wants to be able to connect with you and hear from you and just get become part of whether it's your, your book, whether it's part of your Facebook group, how do they do so? Well, I'm going to share two things, which I know that, you know, when you're on a podcast, always give them one thing. Sorry, I'm going to give you two. I don't follow rules well. (laughs) (laughs) One of them is one of the things I needed when I was coming up as an entrepreneur was a framework to use to make stuff that I learned stick because, you know, we're all drinking from the fire hose. So I created with my co-author something called the rewire framework that it's in my book, Mindset Mondays with DTK, 52 Ways to Rewire Your Thinking and Transform Your Life. But you can download the Rewire Framework for free and you can start using it for all the other things you're already working on. So just go to rewireframework.com. You can download it for free. Yes, you'll see the book and links to learn more about me. Start with the framework. Um, If you're intrigued, let me know, because one of the things I'm also doing is launching a community called better human, better life, where in order to have the life that we want and create it, we have to get better at being the human that we are, right? And so that's really who this community is for. So that's coming. Start with the rewire framework so you can start creating the shift you want in your world. And I love it. I love it. Yes, absolutely. So I will put that information along with the videos and with the with the um, podcast. Thank you so much, David, for such an amazing experience and conversation and just giving us a peek into your life and into your experience and how you're able to get here. I mean, that was amazing. And I thank you for that. Thank you for (laughs) creating this space. And I look forward to our next conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, if you want to learn more about David Taylor Krauss, you're able to go to dtkcoaching.com and be able to learn more information there, as well as the website he just gave you for the framework. And again, thank you so much for your time on Leaders on the Rise. And we look forward to working with you. And I'm going to put your book on our book club because we do have a book club. (laughs) And hopefully you could bring you back to talk to the audience when we're able to get them to read the book and then just have some dialogue and Q&As on that. So we'd love to be able to do that with you. Be happy to. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you again, David. Any last words? Enjoy. Seriously, find the joy all the way through building your company. Enjoy. Yes. Don't wait to get to the end of the tunnel. Be the light throughout the entire tunnel. I love that.
Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Take care and tune in for next time for Leaders on the Rise. Lydia here. Thank you so much for listening to Leaders on the Rise. If you are a successful CEO, founder, C-suite executive, decision maker, successful business leader, or an influential entrepreneur who would like to be on this podcast, please visit pierrebrandinggroup.com slash podcast to apply. If you got something out of this interview you would like to share on social media, just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag leaders on the rise. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and they mean so much to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, pierrebrandygroup.com, or follow me on LinkedIn and Instagram at LydiaPierre underscore. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.